Welcome to Drunk on Comics Podcast, episode 358. As we have songs... I feel like we're in a time... Warp time again. reversal here, yeah. <laughs> no, now I'm going to get that song stuck in my... I was just going to start by saying, we have a ton of different songs stuck in our head. Now I have a fifth one within the last hour. Tony doesn't have enough going on in his brain to get those songs not, out of there. He's not thunking enough. Oh, we, uh... Talked about some some passings as well as a little bit of uh, Captain Marvel. Yeah, and then some comic book reviews. Sure, Doomsday Clock number nine was awesome. Uh, I covered Ziggy Pig and Silly Seal, which is still really fun to say. <laughs> <laughs> Tony closes his eyes every time I say it. It's weird. And then I also uh, reviewed Meet the Skrulls. Charles reviewed No Row Home. I was here. I did things. I almost didn't. They were going to skip over me. We forgot about him briefly. Sorry. As am I. Oh. So, all right. I guess I'll just finish this bad boy up. Sit back, relax, grab a drink, and check out Drunk on Comics podcast number 358. Uh, Thunk it. Thunk it real good. (laughs) Now that song's stuck in my head. Wait, that's a song? Charles, you still got that, uh, my voice running through your head? Do, 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 do. I will neither confirm nor deny. Do, 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 do. Stop brain raping do, 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 do. him. It's gross and disgusting. I can't believe he hasn't heard Mr. Wendell before. I mean... He thought, he thought I was just making up the song. Yeah. He... Did you do things in your youth? Were you an active child? Were you outside What's a lot? What's a youth? <laughs> <laughs> What's, Has it been that long? What's this thing you're talking about? <laughs> You've forgotten already? Peter. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I I do have kind of a quick story from my youth. Um, ties into something that happened, uh, unfortunately, this week. You're going to yawn. already tired. <laughs> I was just going to talk about Luke Perry passing away, fine, and oh. then you yawn. Wow, you are an ass. That's that a good was, thing that she didn't yawn after she That was more so a statement away. on your youth than anything. Oh, okay. So, obviously Luke Perry's been in Rivend- Riverdale. Yes, uh, it's Archie's dad. And his passing is going to have ramifications within the, the season. But going back to CGI when he Luke first Perry. was on 90210 yeah. as Dylan McKay. Ah. My last name, McKay. Sure. I remember vividly in fifth grade how stupid this conversation was. This girl, I wasn't really watching 90210 then because I didn't care. I was in fifth grade, but right. I he knew wrote of it. He it. was journal. He's reading it. <laughs> Dear <laughs> Diary. <laughs> it's a journal. <laughs> uh, this girl journal. comes up to me and goes, is he related to you? <laughs> and I go, Luke Perry? She goes, no, Dylan McKay. I go, okay, in my fifth grade brain i was smart enough to know that's a fictional name and fictional not a real characters. real person but then i just go yeah he's my mom's cousin so like my second cousin twice removed. oh wow and that's how that conversation went yeah and then a couple other girls heard it too and then i was kind of popular for a week of 
All based, lies. All based on all lies. lies. Is that how most uh, the stupidity interactions of go? So yes, yeah, uh, most I'm, of yours, I think. Very much so. <laughs> I do. I think I've told that story before. I do love that story because of it, and because of that very reason, I became a huge Luke Perry fan. Yeah. Um, throughout his his career, it's sad that he uh, passed away. I know Saturday Night Live is going to re-air his episode that he did. Um, there's other tributes going on. Yes, it's always sad when an iconic person. It is, and he was he was young. He was like fifty two. Yeah, fifty two. Massive stroke, and it just goes to show you, like he looks. He's. I mean, I don't know how, what he was like in his youth if he did a lot of drugs or anything like that when he was rocking the nine hundred two one well, days. Probably, but he, you know, I, he was in shape. He was in a shape. Yeah, he was in. No, he was for a fifty two year old man. He was in shape. Um, but you know, you gotta take care of yourself, people. Basically, long story short. How in shape could he have been if he had a stroke? Right. Well, I guess that could happen to anybody. It can happen to anybody. Like right yeah. now. Oh. <laughs> oh. Hi, Charles. Oh, we lost Charles. Kick him out of the room. <laughs> <laughs> Podcast forever, Charles. Not. <laughs> so, uh, switching from there, I want to go to something a little more positive before getting into some book reviews. And that is Captain Marvel just came out. Yes, it did. Now, we will flat out say we are going to have next week our review. We're going to do a full review on the movie and some extra tidbits. But let's get into some numbers and where it's looking like it's coming on out this week. Yes. So Captain Marvel uh, launched with $153 million domestically, which um, is, you know, very good, considering Marvel once said that females could never lead movies because they wouldn't make any money. $153 million is I wonder what to... those words taste like. Ugh. <laughs> yeah. Um, and $455 million globally. It's um, one of the biggest blockbusters ever to be led by a woman. Wonder Woman also being up in that arena. Um, in terms of Marvel movies, how much money they've made on their opening weekends, it's number seven. Which, when you consider that there are over 50 movies that are either Marvel or related to the Marvel comics that have come out, number seven is not too bad. And all the ones that are above that are the Avengers movies and Black Panther, of course, because that movie was amazing. And Iron Man 3, randomly. Huh. Yeah. I don't... I think the reason that Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse is so low is because people are afraid to go watch it. <clears throat> They're afraid it's going to suck. Like, um, they don't want their Peter Parker... Their, their version of Spider-Man to be broken. Right. Which is... Yeah, yeah Spider-Verse is way down there. But it's, it's also cartoon. still in the theaters, and it's still making money. Right, or... it is. It's made 100... So, uh, Spider-Verse opened with $35 million, uh domestically. It's now at $188 million. So it has And Spider-Verse, Spider-Verse is, is my favorite Spider-Man yeah. uh, movie of all time now, because it's, it's just so... So good. Yeah, and it makes fun of everything Spider-Man's ever done, basically. Yes. Well, you know, it touches. Yeah, it does. It's it's a very good movie, and it got a, it's gotten a bump from winning an Oscar, which is nice. Uh, the reason why animated movies tend not to make unless it's directed straight towards children, which this movie is not necessarily, uh, tend not to do as well in box offices as live action movies do. Hmm. Um, but awesome numbers for Captain Marvel coming out of the gate as it should. Have. Yes, it well, yeah, yeah, Cinema Score had it rated at A. Um, most places have given positive reviews. 
However, there was the whole brigading of negative views and IMBD and Rotten Tomatoes. Rotten Tomato had like a glitch though, where well, that the combination of the uh, who wants to go see it was combined with the ratings, and so it was down at like thirty six percent or something like that. Which was also noted that it was thirty six percent is around the same t amount of um, less money women make per dollar or something mm. like that. It's some kind of note. Okay, that's <laughs> interesting. Just women empowering movie. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just. I I, th I can positively say, don't listen to the negative reviews. Of course not. Um, this movie is getting uh, troll bombed online. People are assholes, you know. Um, because except for you guys, uh, there's no way Captain Marvel can be that powerful, and Brie Larson doesn't smile enough in the movie. And my my favorite my favorite counter She's smiling on the inside. I think. My favorite counter to that though is because that actually that's been circling the internet for a couple months now is when Brie Larson put out that post where they she took posters from like Iron Man and Captain America and she digitally added smiles to their faces on the movie posters and they looked fucking ridiculous. Yeah. And it was so funny. She's like nobody ever tells these guys to smile. Which is fair. But they also looked ridiculous. <laughs> She's like, look at how ridiculous it is to be saving the world and also smiling while you're doing it. So I have a couple more numbers, too, which, or at least ranks and where it falls in line. For February, or for, no, it's not February anymore, March opening, it is the third highest, right behind Beauty and the Beast, and then Superman, Dawn of Justice, which I find that, I don't know why that, well, I know why I it mean, made so much yeah, money. Yeah, it made a lot initially. Well, it's, yeah, yeah. And then, then it kind of trickled off. It did. Off. It actually, so remember weekend, we talked about it having mm -hmm. the largest drop off in in a weekend span when that movie came out. But now I do want to um, bring up two quick things about the movie. We'll, we'll save a lot more for when we do our full review. Uh, but the Nine Inch uh, Nails have opened their store to include a special edition that she wears within the movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're, they're cashing in on, on this all. Smart man. Now, <laughs> there's uh, two things that happen within this train scene. Um, actually, they're in the trailer. Mm -hmm. One of them is when she fights the old lady. And initially, they envisioned that as in fighting a kid. Mm. I think it was a lot better with an, at least an older lady, even though it was terrible bad looking like you're beating up an old lady compared to beating up a kid. Right. But that was one of the changes. But another change that happened was the cameo scene. Ah. Everything was like that, but when she kind of gives a smile and a nod, like breaking the fourth mm. wall, that was added in after mm. his death. They, they decided instead of having it just be that and then her just walking down, that it should be kind of her looking at the audience and kind of smiles, laughs, you know it's him, Yeah. and you saw him. And even now, just talking about it again, I, know, it I don't want to do this right gives now. me a little... Well, and how important was it... Cry. How important was it that this cameo, which obviously he did before he passed, is is Stan being Stan, and not a character? Like, his la I don't know if it's his last cameo. I don't know if he filmed one nope, for Endgame. Uh, nope. Uh, Feige has teased that there's... Well, Endgame for sure. They okay. would have had that because they did he, a ton of them all yeah, in a row, and, yeah. And they were completing this phase, right. so I think they made sure they had this whole phase done. But uh, Feige has said that his tease that there may be one in Spider-Man. Uh, Who knows? But they could also do um, 
Kind of like uh, Admiral Tarkin and oh, just some, add them digitally. Yeah, in every digitally. Single movie. I don't necessarily or, feel like I want um, to. In Ghostbusters Three, I know it's this is probably a silly way to cameo somebody, but um, Harold Ramis is bust. Right. The statue. I could well, see them doing something. Like well, that. they've done that in the da- Daredevil, yeah. like posters, yeah. or even uh, yeah. Was it Venom or Dare- where he was on like a mural? Yeah. Of a building. Would it be so- neat if they made him into a superhero in a comic, in one of the things? I mean, he has been superheroes in comics before. Yeah. 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 So it'll be interesting to see how sure. that goes. Sure. Stanley Lee, Stanley Lee. <laughs> <laughs> One last thing, too, uh, about the movie. It, it's hard to say because I don't want to spoil anything. and We've been spoiler-free. We're going to spoil the shit out of it next week. All right. Is a certain... Tony Stark is a, Iron Man. There. I did it. <laughs> <laughs> There's a, a huge storyline that most people think is going to happen in the future MCU movies due to the scrolls showing up and it can almost definitively be said that that is not going to happen mm. and that's all I will say about that but that's all I have to say about that yeah yeah let's get into some books okay you have one I have two you want to me you me or sure. you me me or me me you me 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you go first. Okay. Um, the first book I'm going to review is Meet the Scrolls, which I read because I watched Captain Marvel this weekend, and it featured the Scrolls, and I was like, I Did need it? some more Scrolls. <laughs> um, this book from Marvel, obviously, is written by Robbie Thompson with art by Nico Henrichen. Henrichen? Henrichen. Apologies, Nico. Unmarried your last name. Um, so this is a family of scrolls living in on Earth, New York City. Um, and you start the book with a family getting murdered in a park by what cle- is clearly some sort of man who belongs to an unnamed agency. And then you, when they, when they show you the up close of the dead family they had transformed back into scrolls so this person was hunting scrolls so then you go into the storyline of the the warners which is the family that this book is following who are a family of scrolls um and the there's two parents and two daughters and they just seem like your normal typical american family the dad works at stark the mom works for a senator the two girls are in school and um, the first scene is with the younger girl on a school class trip, and the mean girls are making fun of her and stuff like that. And you, sure, you, you, yeah, I knew that she was a scroll going into it because this book is called Meet the Scrolls. But I guess if you're not following the title of the book at all, you might wonder if this girl's a scroll or not. But she definitely turns into a butterfly and flies away because she was tired of dealing with the mean girls <laughs> in the in the book. And then you get to the family dinner. At the family dinner, the the girl sits down, and her dad says to her, not at the dinner table. And she's on her phone. So you think, okay, he's telling her not to be on her phone at the dinner table. But really what he's telling her is, we're we're in our natural form at the dinner table. So they're all sitting around um, as scrolls in their human clothes, and they still have their human hair, which I... 
thought was it, maybe there well no they wouldn't be wigs no can, they can add the hair yeah you know, when they so that was a little in, interesting but basically they're talking about their day and it's almost like a well, maybe, maybe that was for visual for like the readers to know which which one is which which ones yeah, yeah. that could definitely be true and they're just running down their day it's a debriefing they're very much there on a mission each one of them has a job that they're supposed to be getting done the mom works for the senator she's supposed to be pushing like this agenda that she wants to get through Congress. And the dad works for Stark, so he's following this technology that the that Stark Corporation is making. And the daughters are both tasked with befriending girls whose parents are in powerful positions that all have to do with this uh, project that's being worked on that will help the Earth detect scrolls without anything like literally they can just tell who they are just by n nothing else I don't, I don't they haven't gone into to what the actual technology is yet but what it sounds like is the scrolls are really afraid of it because they can exist on earth right now with no problem you can't tell they're scrolls unless you get them to change back but this is supposed to be able to detect them even in their human form um so the whole idea is them them bringing down this project but the, they've been on Earth for so long, and the youngest daughter has been raised on Earth for so long that she identifies more as a human than she does as a Skrull, and it's causing problems in their mission mm. to take down this project. So th that's going to be the main storyline, I think, is how this girl's uh, identification with humanity is going to interrupt her parents' need to like save the family mm -hmm. sort of thing. So it was a, it was fun. They were definitely way more villainous in this, or they gave off that vibe way more. So than, we're getting another secret invasion. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. There's a, definitely. I mean, they have this whole network of scrolls going on and stuff like that. Do you feel like anything with invasion now is like that show, The Americans, that the Russians like infiltrating? Yeah. America? Like yeah. I, I just I keep getting drawn to that TV show now. Thinking of secret operatives, sure. whether they superhero or scrolls or whatever. This is very like if you were to liken it to a television show, it would be very much like that. So, definitely a good read if you're on a scroll kick after watching Captain America. A good one to pick up. It's a witch hunt. <laughs> it is a witch hunt. Scroll hunt. Scroll hunt. Scroll hunt. Um, the other book I'm going to review. I thought it, I thought it was going to go. You, you said okay. you didn't give me a definitive answer on that. All right, so right. go ahead. I'm on the cover. No, 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 you can do it. All right. I read Ziggy Pagan Seal, Silly Seal. So I read. <laughs> <laughs> and I just repeat that again. Ziggy Pig and Silly Seal. It's from Marvel, and these are actually two characters that have existed in Marvel from since the '40s when they were timely comics. Um, back when Marvel had this whole, they had their, their kids division, so they would do anthropomorphic animal comics, and this was one of them. And it, these characters were actually created by Al Jaffe, who went on to work at Mad Magazine, and was one of the founders of Mad Magazine. Um, so this, so they're bringing back these characters, and it's, it's, um, it's a story where these characters used to be famous characters in the animal comedy scene and it's been a while and they haven't been on the scene for very you know they haven't been on the scene as much as they used to kind of like a who framed roger rabbit sort of thing right where there are anthropomorphic animals who now exist in our world without having jobs like they're just 
part of our society now. Or Howard the Duck. Howard the Duck comes from that sort of similar thing, too. Mm-hmm. Um, Ziggy Pig is a drunk who hasn't worked since his days working with Silly Seal. Silly Seal owns a tuna canning factory and is super rich and famous. So you have the the one with a lot of money. The uh, full spectrum. Yeah, yeah. And um, my favorite part of this book was uh, Ziggy Pig's manager is his mom. And she is... she. The way they have written her, she's very much like an Italian mafia mom. Like, when they first show her, she's talking on the phone to her son, and she's also in the ring with the boxer, like, boxing. (laughs) And she breaks into Stephen Strange's house at one point in time to take pictures of all of his stuff, because she just really wants to see it. She's just an interesting character. She just wants to start an eBay account and (laughs) sell all the stuff. Probably. She is. Just a fake one. So she gets him a... She gets Ziggy a job. And it's a con appearance. And it's a con appearance at uh, the alley behind a closed laundromat con. That's the name of the con. So it's literally in an alley behind a closed laundromat. There's all kinds of characters there. Spider-Ham is there. There's a a character from Marvel's attempt at Mad Magazine called Forbush Man. Is that his name? It's a dude in long johns and a pot on his head. I don't know the character, but he is, when you see him, you can totally know who he is. Um, and the writer of this story, uh, who is Frank Thierry, uh, writes himself into this, too. He's in a scene in the background. He's, like, the only human there at the con signing hmm. autographs for one of the books he did for Marvel, which is Space Punisher. Which, you know how I feel about Space Punisher, but... <laughs> um, anyway... Uh, Dr. Doom plays into this. He's a huge fan of Ziggy Pig and Silly Seal, so he asks them to come to Latveria because he wants to get them back together because Dr. Doom loves them so much. And there's this whole scene where he invites them to his little Doom castle, and he's like, I have a shrine to you guys, and he pulls the curtain. (laughs) And the shrine behind him is actually people that he's killed. And... There's um, the lady who so this once, is for kids. The, this sounds like a dream we <laughs> had or something. The lady who once tried to give me a shot is on his wall. He's got the fantastic. He's got a bunch of plaques with fours on them that it says "Reserved for the Fantastic Four. There's a Billy the Bass up there. There's a butt. I don't know. <laughs> Alliterations aside, <laughs> and just a bunch of other random stuff. And and he's like, oh wait, that's the wrong one. And he opens up the other one, and it's a whole shrine to these two characters. And it's, it's, it's fun. It's a fun little oops it's, moment. Well, the whole book is fun and interesting and not for kids, not entirely completely adult. It doesn't get into a realm where you're like, I, oh, it's like that Melissa McCarthy show, uh, movie that came out with, she's a detective and there's puppets in the world. Yes. That's not for kids at all. No, this is more. But it's goofy f- and stuff. This is more for kids than this is more that for kids. is, <laughs> but. <laughs> Um, like older kids, for okay, sure. Okay. Yeah, there's none of that in this. <laughs> there is a. a Isn't that what we are? Older kids? I don't know. Yes, that is what we are. As a is what we are. I, would let a, I would let a 13 year old read this comic. I wouldn't go much lower than really? that. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. But it, again, it's fun. It's a fun little read. I wasn't sure. I. I had to look these characters up to see if they were new to the Marvel Universe and they were just trying to do something fun. 
or if they actually existed in the past and they were bringing them back. And so that was an interesting thing to read. And if you want a fun little not serious read, definitely pick it up. If you're a fan like of like Howard the Duck or Spider-Ham or anything like that, definitely pick it up and give it a read. Super cute. Super fun. Kind of dirty in a good way. It's kind of fun, like, revisiting uh, things from your childhood that you enjoyed so much. Like, the movie Howard the Duck, I watched that when I was a kid. Yeah. Loved it. Yeah. Watched it as an adult. Yeah, oh my gosh, yeah. I cringed a lot. Don't do it, everybody. Yeah, don't do, don't do that. Don't, don't, that don't ruin your own... <laughs> <laughs> don't ruin your own past. <laughs> but, uh, like I said, written by Frank Thierry. Also, uh, John Sorelli is credited as a writer on this, and the art was Jacob Shabbat. So, check it out, guys. I'm serious. You should read this. It's fun. Well, I'm gonna, for sure. Tony. All right. Uh, <laughs> I, I have uh, Doomsday Clock number nine, mm. which has been delayed. I understand, I don't know the full reasons why it was delayed, but this one, it seems like the first eight issues of this series was just the warm-up, and this is kind of getting to the fight. Mm. It starts off with uh, Dr. Manhattan... On Mars, uh, doing his contemplating, like, really uh, fil- philosophically, like, talking about shit. Talking about a, a person who's wearing a, a Legion ring, and the ring will be there, but the body's dead, but now we're at a different time, and then it's still, the person's alive, and this, that, and then he's going through times, but he's not seeing anything, all because of t- tachyon distortion, and kind of like how he couldn't see in within the original. Right. Then we see a couple panels that are just straight up just heroes getting ready that are on some ships because pretty much all the heroes are heading to Mars to confront him. Now, I know that when I reviewed the last uh, issue, there was a big confrontation um, in Firestorm. Yeah, um, blew up and pretty much hurt uh, Superman. yep. And so Superman's been hospitalized. So there's that subplot. But this is all pretty much the heroes going to confront Dr. Manhattan with them knowing who Dr. Manhattan is. Mm. And it was a good fight. It was still, there was, you know how he, he's, when I was reading his thought bubbles and his words, I really felt that he was uh, like uh, Billy Crudup from the movie. Oh, really? I'm hearing that voice. And just that monotone like but this is how it is like how yeah and one of the shining moments within this this comic uh issue was guy gardner because there was a bunch of green lanterns that went out there and they even guy gardner had a shining moment yes (laughs) so we uh they were saying how we could have been come out here faster just them flying but they came up in the ships because other people can't just fly in outer space and be a, a space police force. And he uh, starts off by saying, you know, yeah, till we get the bad guy. And and one of the, the newest uh, Green Lanterns was like, well, how do you know it's a guy? He goes, well, just because. And he goes, and I bet you you'd yell at me too if I said it was a villain girl because then I'd just be in sexist and everything. So, of course, Guy Gardner putting foot in mouth. But there was the the point where he then, when they finally see Doc Manhattan and he's talking in his riddles, and it was the first time I've seen within a DC book a swear word. 
Really? Yeah. Like... In a, a mainstream kind, Yeah. Book. Now, granted, though, this is part half Watchmen, so yeah. you would have uh, that dialect. But he pretty much is going like, hey, Blue Man Group, you know, uh, before this or that, um, we're here to... The biggest badasses, we're here to kick your butt. We've made rulers of apocalypse lick the shit out of, off our boots. And when I read that, I go, damn, but that is how he would talk. Yeah. And they don't allow him to talk like that. He has to kind of be nerfed when he's going on his little tirades. That's why he's one of my favorite uh, Green Lanterns, just mm. because mm-hmm. he's more real. And he's kind of an asshole. Yeah. But what we get is also some... Um, seeing Doc uh, Manhattan interact with these people. So he then just, before he even lets uh, Dr. Manhattan reply back, just punches him. Just does another <laughs> Guy Gardner thing. And then everyone starts kind of attacking. He then takes the ring from, takes uh, Guy Gardner's hand, takes his ring, puts it up in the air in front of him, and just starts like, in his hell voice, like, oh, a thing made of emotions. I'm having a heart that's been made into a product. I'm having a hard time controlling this because obviously he doesn't really have emotions and then he just kind of zaps the ring out of mm. there. Then you get some of the magic users uh, that went up there um, like Zatanna and um, uh, Trenchcoat. Um, Trenchcoat. Uh, God, why is it? Uh, smokes. Um, Constantine? Yeah, Constantine. Oh. I don't know why I couldn't think of <laughs> There's <laughs> two distinguishing factors. I knew someone would get that. Uh, so they start doing it, and then he just goes that doing a deeper analysis of this. You know, what you call magic. These are just scraps of creation. And then he, he's like, they're just random errors in code of the universe. And I'm like, that was a very scientific way to say what magic is and kind of say where the source is, is from. The, and I really like that. Yeah. And then he also goes into... It's interesting. I haven't learned in a while. This feels good. And he took their magic and turned it into his own magic spell and went back to them. So now you're seeing, okay, Doc Manhattan is a force to be reckoned with. And what I loved even more was then the Atom was going to go up against him. And what has been known for many, and I've repeated it before, when uh, DC took over the properties, the Atom was too... Dr. Manhattan was supposed to be when they got those creations and then they're like nope you gotta make up your own ones and so an analog for the Atom is Doc Manhattan mm-hmm. being a super powerful being Right. so the Atom goes inside him and pretty much blows him up and I'm like well damn but of course you then see the the, the brain with the stems and the not tentacles but his uh, nerve and system stuff, yeah. and then he reforms himself and then he just kicks all their ass there's another subplot going with, like I said, Superman in the hospital as well as Batman thinking that there's someone else pulling the strings. Some of the shit that Doc uh, um, was talking about at the beginning of this lantern, if I just put it, you know, four feet without uh, his reach, none of this will happen. Is he going back in time because he's timeless in a race in the universe? Does he think that the reason why he can't see certain things is because he's erased? Superman kills him? Is he preventing that? So left with questions, but this was such a great book. Yeah. This issue in particular. So, quite happy. More to come. How many issues are in this? Twelve. There'll probably be another three years until they all come out. 
Well, yeah, because it was supposed to be, what, every other month, and then this one's been... Well, it's supposed to be a year, yeah. oh. so it was supposed to be a month, and then it went to every other month, yeah. and now it's been pushed. Right. More. But we should eventually get some, some answers. I wonder if it's because the storyline is so intricate that they have to... Well, I think it's waiting for some of the other comic books to kind of get it in line with what is they, happening with this. They learned from their past mistakes, don't release things before other things happen. Yes. Yeah, that's a good... That's good... Oh, and then with that, um... You got any... You got anything over there? Hey, hey guys. Hey, hey you, got, <laughs> you got anything over there? You gonna join us, Charles? Hi, uh, I, I read a book. <laughs> he was like, when you guys were figuring this out, no one asked me if I had anything to review. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. I get it. I understand. <laughs> I know myself. Uh, I read No Home... Uh, no Road Home, uh, which is a number... F- oh, shoot, is it four or five? It's four, I think. Uh, the cover art is by Yasmin Putri, uh, written by Al Ewing, uh, Jim Zub, and Mark Wade, with penciler Sean Ezaixe. I don't know how to say that properly, but anyways. <laughs> um, so what we get from this is like an origin story for Nyx, this you know this uh, queen of the night, mm. which I found sort of deflated. I would have loved to have heard more. In fact, it was just like it was wrapped up real quickly, and then <clears throat> and then just. You know, move to the side real quick. You know, but because it's it's, a, it's kind of like a story of uh, Lucifer or something. Okay. You know, in power for a while, just sitting around, not doing anything, and then all of a sudden, when when they decide to do something about their life, they just get like thrown into the dungeon, which is what happened to her. And it, um, I got stuck on the part with her sitting there with her kids in the dungeon, like tied to each other. Wondering what do people do when they're just sitting around for eternity? What would be eternity? Yeah. And I was just thinking. Do you remember in Wayne's World, or not Wayne's World? Uh, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey when they're falling, and they start playing that game of uh, twenty questions or whatever. Mm-hmm. He's like, uh, he's like animal or mineral. He's like mineral. He's like, are you a tank? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought it'd be so fun to like. What, what kind of things would you do sitting around with your family in for eternity? eternity? Yeah. <laughs> Shut up. Tied together. Tied together. Yeah. That would be very irritating. I would be super angry if I got out of that situation. But then we just get we get told all the things we already assumed, I guess. You okay. know, the standard. Uh, there's her, her power was taken and broken into pieces and separated and sent all over. And now there's a journey to go get them. And she'll be back in power if she gets them all, you know. Even though she just tore up everybody without them. I don't understand how she's not completely so, full of power right now. If the, she gets all of her power, she's going to be a nightmare. Yeah. Yeah. And, that, and at the end of the book, there is Hulk riding a nightmare. Yeah. Yeah. This big black horse with like Actually, green flames. It was that pretty panel. neat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that one. was that was just before the. I guess there's going to be a battle or something like that. But of course, they're halfway through the event now. I think right. It is fun. It's Mid-event a fun little battle. ride. Yeah. I didn't think it was going to be this fun. Um, I I'm enjoying it. Yep. Good. That's your, a book report. Your first event. Your first Marvel event. Mm-hmm. So far, so good. All right. I think that's it, boys. Any oh. more reviews? No, no, no more reviews. Okay. Then let's move on. Yeah. News. I don't have any. Am I, what? Oh, <laughs> that's what you were waiting on yeah. me for again? Yeah, I don't have any. Oh, okay. Uh, Follow the podcast, Tony. What? That I do everything? You're my book report. <laughs> He's surprised that I didn't have any news. But I told him before we started the podcast that I didn't have any, so. You did not. I did too. You said that you I had I said I something. didn't have any news, but I read four books. 
And I think you focused on the four books part. Yeah, I might have. <laughs> I can't believe that you would forget to talk about Alex Trebek. Uh, I mean... Stage four pancreatic, pancreatic cancer. cancer. Yeah. And that's terrible, terrible news. That's, yeah. You it's, can't that's, replace that's a very Alex not survivable... I feel like what's going to happen out of this is an SNL sketch that's going to... To be devoted he needs to well no Alex he needs Trebek. to get on and they're gonna and put do him it, on full, SNL do it full yes time, full on yes. get in the character he's one, no he's gonna be one of the one of the people at the podium and they're gonna need uh, Sean Con uh, Sean, Sean Connery <laughs> and uh, uh well um Norm Macdonald doing uh Burt Reynolds. Reynolds oh my gosh oh Burt Reynolds passed away too but yeah. still having him play yeah. Yeah, you know what? There's going to be something fun coming out of this. A nice little uh, before he's gone. I hope so. Those SNL writers that listen to us, make it happen. Yeah, you guys. <laughs> well, you know, tell your cousin who's who's related to the cousin. Oh, yeah. yeah. Wh which is not a lie, probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, some other terrible news. We got to finally see the image of what Sonic is going to look like in the movie. And it does not look great. I... Oh wow! What there? There's been the the there's even more images from that that have been out. It does not look great. Now compare that to Detective Pikachu. Those uh, pocket monsters look like they would from the video games. They don't look real. Um, they they just look like they would be random monsters. They try to make this one real with like proportions of a human with having though the fur every they should have just made it look like how he did a squat little hedgehog? fucking hedgehog yeah that was blue yeah uh it it's it's this movie's gonna suck he's gotta worse be main than character so he's gotta be like you know somewhat cool looking or something not just like this little well you know if you have thing. short tiny little legs you can't run that fast I know because I have short, tiny little legs. <laughs> so, but he's a hedgehog, and he, <laughs> and also it's not him just always running. He's Spinning. going in a ball. Yes. Yeah, he yeah. starts running and then just spins. Which short legs in that is helpful. Yeah, if you got to spin. Yeah, if you gotta, I know this. If you got to curl up into a ball, having long legs would be weird. So really, it just makes more sense. Yeah, now, now that I think about it. <laughs> The hair on it, the hair, the hair on his uh, his eyebrows and stuff, and and then and then how it just like looks it's, like the same as the top of his head. That really bothers me. <laughs> Immediately, <laughs> what's going on there? How does his hair have formed? Does he use a lot of mousse or sp spray? It's just wind blown permanently. Oh, nice. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, the CW is uh, canceling Arrow. Yes. Not surprising. Oh, oh, you do know this, Miss I Have No News? <laughs> you want some burn cream? <laughs> we never talk about these CW shows, so I didn't know if we uh, cared about them or not anymore. Oh, I, do, I still care about them. Yeah. That show has lost its its appeal, I think, a couple seasons ago. Flash is kind of taking over. Yeah. Flash and the Legends of Tomorrow, which I feel like I always have to say like that. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, you know... I'm sure he'll, the characters are going to exist in the Berlanti universe, as it's called, uh, in all the other shows. So, because they just, now we have Batwoman, 
right? She's getting her own show. So it, it makes sense. They can't have 20 shows. So you got to cut one. Yeah, if you're to make keep adding. room. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's been around, like I said, eight seasons. Yeah, it was the first one, too. So Well, I mean, after uh, Smallville. Well, right. But in this new shared universe yeah. that they're running. So That was the one thing I wish there was more when Smallville was around to have some of those. Right. I mean, it was great for what they kind of forced into the they show. They did try towards the end to get some of those characters in there. Yeah. Um, but it went, and they did a very good job for the resources that they had and not being able to pull from anything else, really. Um, really, the last thing that I have that I'm super excited about, and it could, well, it's, it's going to be amazing. Uh, Brian K. Vaughn, so just saying that name as well is going to be writing a live-action Gundam movie. Mm. Now, you had me at Brian K. Vaughn, yeah. and now I'm... I don't care about Gundam, but you. Oh, I, I still had me at Brian Gundam. K. Vaughn, because that man can write. And not only write, but he... Just Gundam is such an amazing... They're giant fucking robots, people. I mean... They're Tony's favorite thing. We're going back to RoboJocks again, and that movie was fucking kick-ass. Let's watch that for Terrible Movie Night. Uh, so good and terrible. I can't do that because it's good. It's not terrible. RoboJocks? I love RoboJocks. I do too. Okay, you know what though? But it's, it is terrible. It's because I love Howard the Duck again. Howard yeah. the Duck could probably fit into Bad Movie Night as well. I have well. no idea So yeah, let's Robo watch RoboJocks. There's three of them. There's Robot Wars. Right? Oh my god, so the other two have to be terrible. But, but or... no, there's two of them that are basically exactly the same. Oh, it's Jocks J-O-X. I've never heard of this before. It was pretty something when it came out. Huh. Something. It was pretty <laughs> yeah. something. Yeah. It's something, that's for sure. Interesting. Yeah. It's um. basically the movie that got me into liking um, the, the the idea of these robot, huge robot things. Um, Power Rangers had the supposedly huge yeah. <laughs> robots and stuff, and um, Pacific Rim. Yeah. Man, I love big monster yeah, versus monster. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Voltron, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Waiting for that. Shit. Did it's you have in, uh, any news, Charles? Won't forget, you know. No, I think we covered all the, the news that I knew. Um, there and was... I don't I don't backtrack on my story. There was... <laughs> this isn't really news, but there was an international trailer that came out news for uh, Dark Phoenix. Uh-huh. So we, got, we talked about the trailer that we saw last week, and then after that, they released the international trailer. And all I have to say is, why the fuck didn't we get the international trailer? Why is it better? It is so much better. It doesn't make me think that the movie's going to be any better, but the trailer <laughs> itself yeah. is cut so much better than the trailer that we got. It's more informative. It doesn't start with that whole, oh why did God, you make did my me friend. do this thing that we get in our trailer. And it just, it, it it's linear. It seems linear, the way they play it. It shows more of her power. It talks about the whole thing that happens with Mystique in the trailer a little bit more. Well, and you know, it, that line, um, why did you make me do this, or yeah. whatever, is is telling, don't you think? It means that Jean Grey is a separate entity than, than Phoenix, right? right? And that they'll be able to save her or something. Right. Because she's still there, just yeah. like Cyclops said in the, in the right. thing. So, go watch the international trailer, it, it made me a centimeter more excited to see the movie, which okay, yeah, is still like a, that, it's still like a negative it. amount that I'm excited to see <laughs> yeah, the movie, but it I put me still in the negative. closer to like a net zero. I just watched the, so, the, the trailer again at the theater today, yeah. and it, 
Yeah, it's I just, terrible. The more I watch that trailer, the less I want to watch the movie. It's even terrible. though this is me being quiet on purpose to not give my true opinion. Did you watch the, the international trailer? Oh, he's playing it safe. No, no, I, oh. I st- even seeing the new it's trailer the same is not going to make me. Last no, time. no, and that's what it's, we didn't. Uh, again. It, Made me a centimeter more excited to see it because the trailer was actually cut in a way that trailers sh- should, should be cut, be cut right. to make people want to see a fucking movie. Uh-huh. The the I don't know why we got the shit trailer. <laughs> I guess is my main point. I don't. I don't. Which is yeah, it's a good point. Why do we get the shit? Right. Why are they different? Why do they get better stuff? Yeah. Because we have so many rules and regulations or I, something like my, that. Maybe. They say the word fucking. Is it is it a red bear? No. That would be weird if it was a red man. I wish this movie was rated R, but so it is not. There's red and there's green? Yeah. Is there blue? No. There's just the two? Just red and green. Ah. Yeah. General audiences and 18 and over. Ah, I see. Yeah. So. What do you got for booze in the book, Lynn? Um, so this week I read a fun little book from Dark Horse called Astro Hustle. And it is exactly what a title like that makes you think it is. It, it takes place in space, and it has a lot of references to stuff from the 70s. <laughs> Lynn! If I, were, if I were in charge, you'd be eating a jelly bean right yeah, now. Yeah, I, I feel you'd like be being jelly, boozled. Yeah. It's a reminder to take my medicine. Oh, so okay. You guys can't fault me for that. Yeah, your medicine <laughs> of some... Jelly medicine yeah. coming up right now. Um, anyway, it's just a, it's a fun little romp through space. There's pirates, space pirates. There's disco music. There's It's just, it's take the 70s and take space and mash it together and you get this fun little story from Dark Horse. So I am pairing that this week with a Midori Sour which is one of the uh, prevalent drinks from the disco era in the 70s. Super bright green. Uh, it, you take Midori liqueur, melon liqueur, mix it with sour mix, lime juice, lemon lime soda, pop a cherry in there, drink, and then go fucking do the hustle, I guess. Uh, <laughs> get your cherry popped and do the hustle. Yep, yep. So that's booze in a book this week. What? Have you ever heard that song before? <laughs> I have. Do, 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 do. Hustle. Oh, we hustle. No. We hustling. Do the hustle. Isn't that how? Yeah, that, that is how it goes. How it goes. Yeah, I was, yeah, I was laughing because it sounded funny when you did it. Oh. Well, that's most Tony's, everything. Tony's been like singing songs. All, I have shit he's stuck making, in my head. Now I got that stuck in yeah. my head. Got so many songs stuck in his head. And all I have is Tony doing those songs stuck in my head. Well, I'm glad I could get the hustle stuck in your head. Great. <laughs> Uh, Charles, leave us with some words of wisdom. Okay, you, do you want the... Yeah. yeah. I'll give you a different one. I'll save it for another time then. You sure? Okay, yeah, Why, it's it's relevant now. It's relevant now? Yeah. Nah, nah, nah. You know what? I, I ruined it with my own thoughts. I overthink it. Overthunk it. There's the word. There's the, <laughs> the word for the episode. Thunk it. Thunk it. Uh, okay. Confucius say, man with hand in pocket, not crazy, just feeling nuts. Mm. <laughs> I think your other one was better. <laughs> With that, stay thirsty for Charles trying. (laughs) So hot.